Welcome, welcome to the Social Living Podcast. I am your host, Julian Green, and I have my co-host with me, Jamal Lawrence. How are we doing, Jam? Good, man. Good. I've just recovered from a cold, so I feel, yeah. I feel I'm feeling better than I did the last few days. But yeah. yeah, not too bad, not too bad. That's good, man. That's what we That's like yeah, not too bad, man. Um, been quite a stressful week, to be honest. But you know, grinding through whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, had some good conversations as well, work-wise as well. So yeah, man, some things are brewing up in the in the background. Um, yeah, I, 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 if anyone is listening to this and I haven't got back to them, <laughs> and they're thinking he's still podcasting, but he's not responding <laughs> to messages yet, I apologize. I just it's just priorities right now. I'm just you know it, it, I'm in different places and I'm just focusing on that in it. So mm. so yeah, man, that's what it is, man. That's what it is, man. But yeah, man, let's let's dive into it, man. Um, this is a, a we have a what was it a, a good episode today? But before we touch into the episode. Let's kind of touch on what's been happening over the week. I feel like we still got a little bit of the aftermath of um, the the Will Smith slap. Um, that's still brewing. As again, those more opinions on that. But uh, you mentioned just before we started um, another situation. I don't know if you want to just give the rundown and we just quickly touch on that. Yeah. So I've seen it fly around social media and Twitter over the last few weeks. But today was it Wednesday? What day are we on? Wednesday the sixth of April, uh, it was trending again on Twitter, and there was I was the first time I've seen um, what's the the Twitter feature where they have room? Is it like a rooms chat? Oh that yeah, spaces, spaces. Yeah, spaces. Yeah. First time I've seen a group of people jump on that and and actively use it, which was good to see. But um, it was about it was around Crept um from Crept and Conan and his ex partner, his baby mum. Sasha, I think her name is. Um, so topic come up. I'm not sure where this information was sourced, but it was sourced from somewhere and it hit all the blog sites saying that um crept only pays for part of the childcare for, for their daughter. And that yeah, that, that started a lot of conversations around whether he should be playing all of it, um, considering his financial financial wealth, or is it right for him to only play part? Um interestingly, his his ex-partner his baby mom actually came out on instagram stories and said that basically thanked him for for the work that he's done for her and made sure that she is now in a financial situation to not have to worry about paying her own childcare for her own daughter like she she's been set up by him whilst they were together and and still looks after after herself and and the little daughter as well so Basically backing up Krebs' position on only paying part of the childcare, but also taking accountability on, on why why that is, which is good to see. But still, mm. people had things to say. Even yeah, though she can't cover there's still people in the comment sections on Twitter, obviously the spaces as well. People yeah. are running their mouths saying that 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 shouldn't be the case. But yeah, it's interesting. You know it is. That's where you know sometimes um social media can be such a toxic toxic place because like some people probably fresh out of uni, never been in a relationship, don't understand what co-parenting is about. I don't even know like co-parenting is like, do you know what I mean? And and you know, we both got we both got um children or whatever. So it's like it's we, we don't understand the dynamics of it. Do you know what I mean? We don't know all the facts, but you know that people will take the situation, take it as their truth and give their opinion, but they've never even experienced um at what it's like to kind of go through this you know what i mean mm. like how would you feel if you have set up your ex your ex-girlfriend you've set her up you know in a way where she can be independent and can pay you know childcare all by herself kind of thing because she earns enough money to do so mm. and she might have full custody why like is that is that an issue mm. she is That's... she is where she is because of you isn't it i don't know mm. Yeah, I, 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 you can only agree with what they've said. Like they've backed the the couple themselves to come out and and back their their choices, and and I can only agree with it. Like, Krebs obviously being, I guess, really humble in the situation. They parted ways, but she, whilst they were together, and still now, he still had her her best interests at heart, and and that's it's admirable because you see a lot of relationships end and spit, and it's a bit messy. There's there's issues in that way, but they've they've they're able to well, but well, it looks like they're able to co-parent um effectively 
and she's in now, like you said, in a position position to look after her daughter and pay for part of the childcare and 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 is able to to evenly split evenly split that bill, which like we we both know how costly that can be. So yeah. to be in a situation where she she feels comfortable to do that is good on, on both parts to to be in that to be in that space. Yeah, yeah. I think as long as the childcare is being paid for, that's the main thing. No one isn't being stressed. No one isn't overworking themselves or whatever it is. Um, then I don't see any issue with it. And you made a good point about you know relationships kind of ending and going sour and um, kind of ending on a bad note. But um, I feel like it's a good segue into like kind of touching back onto like the Will Smith and Jada Pinkett situation because. I feel like so many people had opinions on that on that relationship, um, but only Will Smith can demonstrate how much he loves Jada and vice versa. You see a lot of stuff like how can you defend, you know, your wife and she cheated on you or she had an entanglement and and whatever. But like, why don't they separate and all this other stuff? If it was me in that situation, I would separate and blah 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 blah. But really and truly the majority of us haven't had like a high net worth marriage mm. <laughs> what does that even look like do you know what i mean let's say you know will smith's worth 300 million jada's worth 100 million like there's their love the dynamics is different, be a diff- huh? the dynamic's different. <laughs> the whole dynamics way different like like you, you, it has to be love that keeps them together but some people just feel like you know people can't make mistakes can't you know evolve over the relationship and then you'll soon see as well like the longer time you spend together the the there's just different tests that you you have to achieve and everything you may have had in mind about a relationship it's going to change. It's going to change you forever. Like it's the same way about anything. It could be like, same with like, let's say football, what you might have predicted in your mind, what the football industry is like. It was way different, the reality or mm-hmm. what you might think business is like going self-employed at whatever situation you're going to. Sometimes you don't, you have like a full sense of reality about what the actual situation is and you get tested differently. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I, I didn't want to uh, kind of, stick on the Will Smith uh, and Jada thing too much. But um, yeah, I just wanted to like, add that two pence in there about relationships and stuff, because I think it was quite fitting. So yeah, man, big up Crept and, and Sasha. They're handling their kid situation. Will Smith and Jada, they'll sort it out and they'll probably still be together at the end of it. Don't make judgments on situations you have no idea about. Mm-hmm. Um, do you know what I mean? So pick them up too. But yeah, man, let's get this crack here, man. Uh, today's episode, episode thirty-two. I can't believe we're thirty-two episodes in. It's. I feel like, what are we? Are we now like? Are we like? What's it called? Are we big boys in the game now or something? Like, I don't know. Like, where where do we stand? Like thirty-two we're episodes. Yeah, man. We're leveling up. We are leveling up, mm. and it's good. It's good to see the progress as well. Like thirty-two. There's there's these. These are the only the, the um podcasts that we've counted as well. There's been more ad hoc ones on stereo that we've done and. Yeah, we've been going, we've been going for, for a good, up to, it's nearly a year now. Yeah, coming up to a year, yeah, yeah. I'm mm. definitely going to, Um, I feel like, because it's hard to kind of track where the unofficial ones started, I feel like we definitely got to do a year episode um, when we get to it, uh, and we're definitely coming up to it. Uh, you can tell we missed a couple of weeks, so obviously if we're doing it every week, we should be 52 weeks, mm. but it is coming up soon, and um, yeah, you'll see, you'll see what, what, what. What, what we've been doing and we'll probably even try and get some highlight reels of like what we've done um so so yeah man but uh yeah man big up this episode how to create the perfect instagram content plan um this is off the back of what we were talking about last week where we were discussing um you know how to create or set up your your business instagram page and we've done it and related it to our own uh for the podcast so uh yeah man jam this is this is you take it away yeah. man let's go yeah it's a good it's a good segue into into the content plan um the last episode because it kind of laid the foundation to into what your content plan will look like and what strategy you look to go after but um yeah, the content content plans can vary and it depends on budget. Some some companies or agencies might have softwares to do this. 
are all some people might use a a spreadsheet um for me personally i find spreadsheets easier to use and i think um whether you're professional marketer um, and that's your job and your agency has budgets to pay for um, a software or you're you're starting start a new you might be a startup you don't have have the funds to to fund um software to 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 make a content plan like i think excel just works for for everyone and it's, it's capable to do that but um yeah i'll share my screen now and i'll show you what uh a foundation of a content plan can look like within excel Mm. So, and even Excel and also like uh, Google Sheets is another one. Like Google Workspace is just a great place, um, especially when it comes to like Teams and uh, like you know giving people access, limited people, limited, limiting the amount of people that can edit it, and everyone just being on the same page is so much easier. Sometimes with Excel spreadsheets, I've had it in the past where who's got the latest version, who's got the edited version, all this other stuff, it's become super, super duper long. So, so yeah. Yeah, and definitely. That's, that's a good point, to be fair. If you can have it in Google Sheets, it just makes a lot easier having a working doc that yeah. is updated as changes are put in. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's good to see. Can you see my screen? Yeah, I can see it, man. That's good. Cool. Very so good. this is basically the foundation of what a a content plan will look like a monthly content plan um so obviously uh we'll start from the top down down the left hand side we have uh different information about each post so to start off with we've had we'd have the theme of of it could be of the day of the week of the month could you could you just quickly um zoom in i just feel like if it's a, a little bit more zoomed in you can yeah, definitely yeah, but yeah, yeah it's a lot better yeah yeah cool so yeah, as I was saying, you'd have different themes, whether it's weekly, uh, daily, weekly, or monthly themes, um, which you can add in this top line here. Um, so for for us, we've added in different, I'd say, content pillars, uh, which I can touch on now actually. So when when doing your strategy, or when we've done our strategy in our last episode, we touched on um, different content types and different audiences we were looking to go after. I guess this is where content pillars can can come in handy because it keeps you aligned to to, to your strategy in terms of what you're looking to post and the frequency of it. So we've got um, highlight reels, uh, pre -pod, pod pre pod questions, post pod assets, and memes, just to keep the the audience engaged. And and that's I guess that would be our strategy around around the pod. Um, so if if it was for for fashion. Uh, it could be something different. It could be uh, get ready with me reels. Um, it might be campaign assets, uh, influencer and UGC posts, and you could even just include memes in there if that's if that's the strategy you want to go down. Yeah, um, yeah. it looks good, man. Uh, I, I was just going to add on to that as well because you know I feel like sometimes um, if you're new to this as well, some people don't even include meme as like a uh, a strategic post or anything like there's no thought that kind of goes behind it but um there you, you do require some kind of wit and i feel like a lot of the brands that today that are quite successful i feel a lot of them have a lot of wit about them like people like Lidl, for example like they always prop up on my feed especially on linkedin they're commenting on different like they'll comment under tesco's and sainsbury's and they're dropping their memes whether it's about food drivers or you know cheaper products whatever it might be and yeah I just wanted to say like your memes are it is it, it, is a good part um and it can just like break the ice for your audience a little bit as well so um you don't want to be taken always be taken too seriously yeah i think it's, it's a good part of a strategy you don't want, you don't want all your content to be memes if if you're looking to if, if you're looking to brand or market something but it's a good way to gain engagement on social as we we've spoke about previously organic engagement organic reach is low so finding a way to to gain engagement from your audience is is preferable and, and memes are a good way to do that and the more people um, engage with your content the more likely they will see it uh, you often see that memes often get higher engagement engagement rates and reach than campaign posts for example organically so it's, it's just a, it's a good strategy and if you look at the likes of boohoo gymshark and you go through their posts and their engagement you often see that the memes 
are their highest engaged posts and they use, they use that as part of their organic strategy as i said so so when it comes to campaign time more people are seeing that campaign contact content organically um, which just requires less budget to 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 boost it essentially yeah but then going on from the content pillars we go into the dates so the the content plans are split day by day uh if you were posting multiple times a day it would be just a simple case of um highlighting the columns and rows and pasting them underneath so that you can you can have two different sections to, to put two, two different posts or three different posts or, or how many it might be um so just to go down as well uh depending on your strategy whether you have budget for posts or if it's going to be organic we normally have a section you normally have a section here there we go that's working which kind of tells um yourself and if, if you've got a few other people working on the account uh the strategy or the the budget whether it's organic or paid and the status of the the the, the ads um which is good to know because a lot of the times where I found working agency side, when you've got multiple people on an account, some people will boost the post, the same post twice, not knowing someone else has done it already, or no one would have boost, boosted the post if it is a if if it is a paid post, um, assuming that someone has already done it. So having this kind of feature in it kind of keeps things clear, and everyone's along the along the same path in terms of of what's been done to to that post. Should we, should we just give a quick breakdown as to why someone might want to go and boost a post uh, as opposed to it being organic um, quickly? So, like, obviously, as you mentioned, organic can be quite low. I think it really, I feel like you really need to understand, like, your your audience or your industry at the same time. Um, I've had, like, different clients have, you know, um, like different industries, so it could be you know, automotive or it could be your beauty. They have different kind of uh, benchmarks when it comes to engagement. Uh, it really depends on the, the type of content and maybe how engaged you are with your own community. So that will definitely be a determining factor as to whether or not you're going to have good engagement or not. Um, if you're just posting like just simple things that are not, really engaging it could just be a feed post it could just be here's our event or you're not sparking any conversation or anything like that it's very less likely that your post is going to be very engaging you know no matter how how good quality a picture is or anything like that the caption plays a big part the the picture or the video plays a big part it needs to kind of trigger some kind of emotion to kind of spark some kind of engagement so you, you're definitely going to need um to have that in mind obviously you want to share certain information but not everything you send out requires the the the, the engagement and you're not going to get it and you have to understand that sometimes the algorithm the way it's set up is if if it, if they show the, the you know your your content to let's say 50 people if no one's commented they're not going to show it to more you know, if no one's like liked it or stared at it for longer than a certain amount of time or commented or liked it, whatever, then it's just not going to be a shared more. So you have to understand that the way the algorithm is set up is for it to, you, you need to really trigger people. And then, you know, you can get all the timings right, everything like that. But if your content's not actually good enough, you're not going to get the engagement. So that, I feel like sometimes that's misunderstood by a lot of clients. I don't know if you had that in the past. Mm -hmm. No, definitely. Definitely. And uh, yeah, like you said, you're not going to get the engagement if if the content's not right. And it is, it's a good it's a good indicator. It's good because you get that instant feedback. Um, you might spend hours putting, putting a lot of effort in, into a piece of content, but then it doesn't get the engagement. It just might be it might not be the right approach. The, the visual aesthetic of the post might not be right for the audience. There might be too much information. There might be too too less of information. But um, it's good good um, that people will see it as a hindrance. And you often see the the story of Instagram not supporting small businesses, rare, rare, rare. But it's just a good indicator that your post isn't performing because you're not creating the right assets, the right creative 
the right post for the for your audience to engage with. So it might be it might just be something as simple as including a CTA within your caption or adjusting your uh, adjusting your caption to to make it more social friendly. That might be the the game changer. It might not be the asset, but definitely playing around with the two to to try and get more engagement is probably the way forward. Yeah, yeah, and a CTA for those who don't know is a call to action. So that could be you know like purchase here or like this comment or do to do go and do something. Um, so yeah, bear that in mind. I think obviously for the podcast, we we're not putting any money behind it in that way. So everything that we will be doing for sure is going to be organic first. I like to have the organic first and then try and build from there. Um, and I think one of the key words from our last episodes was uh, was community, and that's that's what we're trying to build here. And you know we want to try and build that as as organically as possible before we start boosting any posts or anything like that. So yeah. yeah just to touch on that as well um some people starting out might actually have budget to to boost posts and i guess how you'd split that budget or where or how you boost that budget will determine your your end goals like what you want from this um i'd highly recommend if you are starting out Mm. just going for brand awareness you want as many people to see your content and your brand as possible so when you are boosting i definitely go for the reach objective and as we spoke on the last pod, you want to kind of create a funnel process. So you've got brand awareness as top of the funnel, and then you might have engagement as you go down the funnel, um, ending, ending with link clicks and, and conversions as you reach the, um, the, the end of the funnel. Um, so if you can, can create a, a paid strategy around it alongside your organic content, um, yeah, you'll, you will hopefully see growth quicker than, than an organic route, but obviously not everyone has budget to do that. But. Yeah. That is the ideal. Um, and get it. Okay, so going down to the next section of the content plan, we have our time of posting. So if you go into your Instagram insights on on the app, or you can do it in the Creative Studio on desktop, you can find out what time your users are most active on the platform. And I definitely suggest tailoring your content posting times around that. Um, oftentimes it's in the evening, but people always miss out uh, mornings as well. And you see a lot of people that are doing well, for example, Stephen Bartlett, <laughs> we seem to reference him at each each pod, but um, yeah, I've talked to him and again, he'll vary his his, his posting time, which he'll always post 6 a.m. in the morning. So when people wake up, they've got that 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 content in their face straight away. And that, that mainly is tailored around the content he's posting. A lot of it's around mindfulness and becoming your becoming a better your your best self, and it's kind of like that morning motivation, which which people want to see in the mornings, and and you tend to get um, engagement that way because it's the right time, it's the right type of content, and it resonates with that audience. But yeah, yeah, yeah I would say one hundred one hundred percent. I'm 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 backing that up. Like uh, even before I even kind of got into social on a professional level um we we used to target like commuters it was just you know it's a thing so like from 6 a.m if you can get hit with an ad, if you can hit people with an ad whilst they're on their commute um whether they're watching their videos they're watching their gaming they're you know doing whatever it might be if you can hit them with their ad um you're definitely in the right path so i think a lot of people just kind of they they do focus on on evenings because a lot of downtime, family time, things like that. And that's where they, they think they'll get more eyeballs, but you can't discredit like morning commutes and, and things like that. Cause um, as we definitely get back to somewhat normal and living with COVID, people are commuting, especially in cities. So obviously for you, Jam, you're in Gloucester, your commute's not gonna be like, yeah, I'm on the phone. <laughs> like, But uh, in London, it's, it's, it's a big deal. And um, you're definitely missing a trick if you're not, uh, if you're not doing that already, um, especially in the city. So, yeah. No, for sure. And then that just goes down to looking, again, looking in your insights and you'll be able to see within your demographics and your locations where your followers are from, what cities are from, and you can kind of base your content around that. So if your followers are from big cities, like Julian says, you know, their, their commute will be very uh, mobile friendly, uh, their phones will always be in the palm of their hands because that's just the the, the commute in London compared to someone in a smaller city like myself mm. who who won't have access to their phone when commuting 
um, unless on tra- public transport. But yeah, another good, another good point there. Um, going on to the caption then. So this is, uh, as we spoke in our, in our last episode, this is where your tone of voice and just your, your brand, your brand image and your brand, your brand tone comes from is how you decide to write your captions. And as we spoke about before, like people often overlook a, a serious approach to this and they might just write in the same tone as, as they speak. If if the way you speak isn't the way your audience speak, it's gonna be hard for them to resonate and connect with with what you're what you're trying to sell or what you're trying to talk about. So as we spoke, I'd, I'd, we said the most important thing about whatever you do on social is un, un, understanding what your audience is about, what makes them tick, what works for them. And once you do that, you can kind of tailor your tone of voice around that. And that's where, where you can start writing your captions, whether it's small or small, whether it's short form or long form, um, whether it includes emojis or not, punchy, more elegant this is where you can kind of kind of find out find out what works for you and it may take a while to, to to kind of get that right and get your tone of voice right but um it's definitely worth just trying a different thing trying different things and seeing what works making sure you include ctas um i guess an important tool which would probably be good to use is grammarly i swear by grammarly it saved me <laughs> saved me a lot of times when writing the copy whether it's for blogs or, or captions but it it will pick up um spelling mistakes but it will also help tailor your content depending on the tone you set it so if you want it to be a softer or relaxing tone you can change that through grammarly or if you want it formal um and more educated grammarly can do that as well so yeah definitely a good tool to to download as an extension onto your browser um because it will just help you help you tailor your content and give you a hand to kind of master that tone of voice wicked yeah, um, I, I'm actually not. Uh, I haven't used Grammarly. You swear by it, yeah? Yeah, no, it's good. It is good. I think I'm gonna definitely jump on that. For sure. Yeah, you can. So I use it as like a dictionary, like for spell check, a thesaurus. If I wanna um, improve a word or dumb down a word, if it's too formal, um, definitely. Yes, yeah, it makes it makes my life a lot easier when writing captions and and, and copy. Makes sense. Okay. Um, and then we go into hashtags. Interestingly, I saw, I keep forgetting his name, you know, uh, the head of Instagram. I want to say Missouri. Adam Missouri. Yeah. 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 Again, follow him if you are serious about this, this game and serious about IG, because he often drops a lot of gems that often go miss if missed, if you're not following him or might get picked up from a lot of blog sites a few weeks later. But if you can hear the information from the horse's mouth, as soon as he drops it, you're, it's only going to benefit you and, and the brand you're trying to grow or whatever you're trying to do on social media. But um, he recently mentioned that hashtags have minimal effects when it comes to reach, which is interesting because everyone that's used social has kind of, for the last few years, has kind of seen hashtags as a, an important part of, I guess, social media CEO, essentially, in terms of growing, growing like, reach organically. Did I say CEO or SEO? You said CEO. Yeah, SEO, sorry. <laughs> SEO, SEO. Um, and yeah, as, as part of uh, growing that reach organically. But he said um, that isn't that's not the case. He said hashtags will have minimal effect, but include them if you wish, if it's part of the brand image or if you're trying to grow a hashtag for, for, for some reason. But you can also use a tool called Hashtagify which does hashtag research for you. Um, you can do this manually through the app by just searching hashtags. But if you were to type in, say um, you had a car sales company and you wanted hashtags around BMWs, if you were to type in BMW within Hashtagify, it would give you the search quantities or the quantities of posts around that hashtag, but then also give you relevant posts that you can post uh, with the hash, the BMW hashtag, so it might be hashtag BMW, hashtag BMW lovers, and it'll give you like the most common the common hashtags used with the main BMW hashtag. Mm-hmm. So if if is well, I've always said throughout my my career in social, you might not see much from 
from using hashtags, but it's, you're not going to see a disadvantage from using it. So I definitely use it if you can and, and do your research and you might see a, a small uplift at one follow you might gain might be a bit of change. It might be that might be a follower that posts your your post on stories and then it's then seen by a different audience and that might be the way you you grow more organically. So I definitely include it if you can, even though he has said that about um about the, the reach being minimal. I think um I feel like I saw a lot of people, especially like me kind of being in the in that space. So I follow a lot of people that voice, you know, their opinions on social media. And I've seen a lot of people, when, when Adam did say that a couple of weeks ago, um, I saw a lot of people saying, yeah, like, don't use this, you know, don't take a, a hashtag strategy on and, and all these other things. But I feel like if your main goal is community, I think a hashtag for your community is very important. Um, like obviously with brand image, uh, I think it is it, also quite good as well. Cause you, if you've always kind of used hashtags in a certain way, you don't just like, you know, just spam your hashtags all at the bottom kind of thing. And it's always kind of been part of your image. I feel like, yeah, continue to use them. Um, and you'll probably keep gaining maybe, you know, a couple followers here and there and that's about it. But when it comes to creating your own community, I think having a good hashtag is, is good because someone can just type in your hashtag to get, to see certain type of content um, that they want from you. Um, and then that could just be associated with that kind of group of people. Um, so that could start a conversation and you can see that conversation. It's almost like a, um, a Diet Coke Discord that a hashtag can be used for, if you know what I mean. And mm -hmm. you can just have a certain conversations. And, you know, that's where, you know, we see things trending on like Twitter and stuff. So hashtags are still quite important and has a role to play. But if you're thinking that this is going to get you reached and it's going to open up all these doors of different communities and you're going to be seen and stuff, it's probably not going to, it's not, it's not going to be like that. So, um, yeah, we, I think we need to just understand and, and decipher the different importance like it, it's not it's not going to have the same importance that you might think but it's still important especially when it comes to community mm, for sure so, i guess um next to touch on is probably carousel text um so depending on what asset you choose to go for whether it's a single image asset or a carousel of images or it might be a video or a reel um if you are if you have chosen a carousel there's normally text to go with it um if you are on facebook and that's often missed when going through um facebook or trying to research ads quick tool for ads um which i recommend anyone using if it's whether you're looking at ads or just want to look at copy from competitors um if you go onto facebook and okay. then search ads library you'll be able to see your competitors ads or anyone's ad activity on the app so definitely recommend that just for people's own research but often often gets missed from a lot of brands and a lot of agencies they forget to do that when looking at competitors but um yeah so making sure your carousel has text on it when on facebook because that can go missed and if you don't add it in you'll either get the file name of the asset or you might get a uh the title of the product you've posted which might not always add up so definitely add in a carousel text yeah you've, you ever done that jam oh yeah 100 <laughs> more than once more than once more than once these are all like all these things are cut like the reason why there's so much detail within this content plan is because of trial and error like we've where people have messed up or i've not done something and i've thought okay right we need to add this in because this is a common theme people are missing people are missing doing this or doing that so yeah, that's the reason for the depth here. But it's they're just good reminders, whether you use it or not. You might not use carousels on Facebook, so it might not be relevant. But if you are, you you've seen that as a little indication. You make sure you make sure you include it whenever you whenever you're using it. And for those who don't know what a carousel is, what are you saying? <laughs> uh so carousel is a a a I guess a slideshow of images. Um, that you can swipe left to right from to go through a collection of images you you're looking to to post yeah you can uh, you can post up to 10 pictures or videos in one kind of like slideshow 
So yeah, Facebook and Instagram call it a carousel post, um, which are actually quite engaging. It's, um, I, I saw a stat not too long ago, which uh, mentioned it's still one of the best engaging uh, formats on on uh, on Instagram and Facebook. So mm, yeah. For sure. And then going on to the next part, we've got um, the asset. So the asset, interestingly, when I first joined my first agency, I remember my manager, my manager asked me what an asset, what did, if I knew what an asset was. And I said, oh, yeah, like a house, um, like stocks and shares. <laughs> and she was like, no. <laughs> and looking back, I thought, why did I say that? <laughs> a terrible, a terrible answer. But um, yeah. Interestingly, asset. And if you don't know, an asset is um, the creative you're using, so the the post, the picture, the infographic, whatever it might be. Uh, I guess yeah, that's the, yeah, yeah, the professional <laughs> professional term of of that. So good to know because I I didn't when I first joined joined the agency. I I started off at and yeah, that was a funny moment for me. But um, yeah, this is. I, I, still get, I get that now with clients. To be fair. Mm. Like, uh, uh, I was talking to someone the other day and I was like, oh, did you get the assets? And he was like, what are you talking about? Mm. Like, what's that? <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, you, you get the pictures, the videos, the everything. These are your assets that you need to post. Did mm. you get them all? Do you know what I mean? Mm. Um, but yeah, again, in, in the advertising world, that's common as well. So yeah, it is called assets. And mm. uh, this is where you can add the link to the asset. So whether you're using a... Uh, it might be a, a Google post. It might be a post from a a content manager tool that you might have. It might be a Google post from Google Photos, whatever. Yeah, it could be like web... like Dropbox. Like, I know a lot of people yeah. use Dropbox. It could be you could put a WeTransfer link in there. Um, any kind of like file sharing um, or content sharing site. Uh, yeah, you can just put any link in there and then everyone's on the same page they know exactly what picture video or whatever it is to to upload when it's time to schedule it or whatever yeah exactly that exactly that and then following on from that you have the thumbnail i think it's always good to visually see what the post is like just for ease um you can also see how it will align across the week and you you can know what what you've going out what you've got going out over the week or for the month just by visually looking at the thumbnail which is just makes life a lot easier so you can add the thumbnail of the post Within here, and um, for people that don't know what a thumbnail is, it's the the cover image of an asset that you use that you use to choose that you choose. Uh, if it's a video, or it might just be the the image. Um, if it is a, a single image asset, mm-hmm. and then so once you've added the thumbnail in, you can add in the links. So, uh, depending on uh, the content type you're looking to post or whether it's organic or paid or on Facebook or on Twitter, obviously you can't add links to um, Instagram feed posts because they're not clickable. But um, if it's stories or or other platforms, you can add links in here so people can click uh, within the caption or from the asset onto a landing page of your choice. Um, so, yeah, uh, good a good thing to add in here is obviously you want to be able to track these clicks and where they're coming from. So if you can use um, a UTM tool, which um, UTM UTM. Ah, uh, you know what? I actually don't know what UTM stands for. <laughs> but you, it's it's used as like a reference for for links. So when when you click on the link, people can see the source of where it's come from. Yeah. So an example of a UTM. So you'd have you have apple dot you have www.apple.com as your link. And then you put that into the UTM generator and you'd add in your own different custom fields. So that could be the source. So it might be social media, Instagram. Uh, you might say Instagram stories. You might want to add in a date. You want to add a bit of information about the product. But it just helps people people track the the, the, the user journey of, mm. of that link. And then if you can, add it into a, a trackable link. Um, Software, Bitly is a good example of that. Um, so you can see your your data that that link's pulling through. It's also good just to cross cross reference that against Facebook because there's often discrepancies, and Google as well. Um, discrepancies with Facebook because <laughs> Facebook will class a link link just by someone clicking on the link, even if they haven't actually landed on the profile. 
but um, going through Bitly, a link uh, click is when someone has actually landed on the page. So you get you're getting a better quality um, data pool that way. Yeah. Um, and then the benefit of um, a lot of social media, other social media platforms at the moment is product tags. So, in addition to the links, you can add in a product tag to the um, to the post, um, whether that's in a caption on Instagram, which you can do now, or within a post, people can click straight on the the, the item they're seeing, or whatever it might be, and go straight to to the to the product page, whether it's in the app, so within Instagram shopping or external onto your website which is a good it's been a good tool for a lot of people and people have seen a lot better conversions through instagram feed posts because of that um yeah. so if you can set that up setting up an instagram shop and and allowing product tags it will, it will only help the user journey and it will limit that um friction if someone's yeah. going typing in typing in your website and trying to find a product yeah yeah i think like it's um yeah, we, i think we touched on this before with uh i think a couple of, uh, Probably last year at some point where we touched on like Instagram kind of becoming like an e-commerce platform and um, this is definitely something that you, you should take advantage of. So if you are selling any kind of product, go ahead, man, create your shop on LinkedIn, um, on Instagram and take advantage of, of um, product tags. It can only help. Uh, I've done this already for a few clients um, and they see great benefit from it. And, you know, you can link it up so it goes straight to your website and and things like that and people can make purchases it just makes that that user journey um for your potential customers or clients uh to easily kind of purchase or make bookings and and, and different things like that so um yeah 100 take advantage of that um it's yeah it's a really good really good tool and then uh in addition to to the tags you've got people tags so profile tags some some people might call it but tagging uh, the people within the image you're posting. So it might be the, so if, it's, if it's a fashion brand or, or any kind of consumer brand, it might be the the model that's that's chosen within the asset. It might be the photographer. It might be the stylist. There's loads of different routes you can go down. Um, but just tagging, I guess giving credit to the people that's, that's in the post. So yeah, definitely do that if you can. Um, and then we go on to like the ad section of of this. So as we start, as we spoke about at the start of the pod, um, at the top here, you're able to choose what um, strategy you're going for, whether it's organic or paid in terms of uh, the selected post. So here you can add in the budget of, of the ad of the post, the ad objective, whether it's reach uh, for awareness, um, engagement, video views, link clicks, conversions, whatever it might be. You can add it in there just so everyone's on the same page when it comes to, to publishing the ads or just when reporting. Um, and then you've got targeting, so who you're looking to target. So again, when in our last podcast, we kind of highlighted the importance of identifying your target audience because when it comes to advertising, you'll definitely want to know what that pool of people looks like. And who to target just so your RO you can try and get the best ROI you you can possibly get. So yeah, adding that bit of information within there. Um but yeah, I guess that kind of kind of goes over what a a week by week, day by day, month by month content plan can look like on social. So that's gone into a bit of depth in, into what each post can contain. And then at the bottom here we have different tabs that kind of go over different features or different platforms that, that you might be posting on so you'd have the same thing for instagram and facebook stories you've got ig reels um facebook TikTok, twitter youtube whatever whatever um platform you're on you can apply the same i guess structure to 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 your posts through there i think what i think what we should also do i feel like uh, for anybody who do want who does want access to something like this what we can do is um we'll probably do a, a post about it on our on our on our instagram um and you know you, you can gain access to this uh to something like this or a document like this as a template um sponsored by the social living podcast uh and we can hand it out to to anyone who kind of just signs up with an email address and, and name or something like that um so if you do want something like this um when that is ready 
we'll put a link in the description of this uh, video on YouTube. Again, if you're listening to this on Spotify or Amazon Music, Google Podcasts or anything like that, just head over to YouTube and, and you'll be able to gain access to this or just head over to um, our social media, or well, Instagram, uh, once that's all ready and set up. For sure, for sure. Yeah. So I'll share my screen now. But um, yeah, hopefully that gives just people a, a good, a good look into what a content plan can look like on social across different platforms, and and I guess the level of detail it can go into as well. Yeah, um, yeah, just a good foundation for most brands, businesses, or whatever you're into, just to to work as as a reference point in terms of getting that content right, making sure everyone's aligned, and it just makes that whole pro process a lot smoother. Yeah, man, it was, it was brilliant. I feel like um, it was very in depth. I feel like uh, what we might want to do uh, is when we when we drop our one, um, we might give them a, a few examples and pop them inside there, so you know what to kind of fill out. But it's, it, it gives you a good insight, and this is what agencies are using today. Uh, so why not, you know, gain access to this? Whether your you, whether you have a social media strategy or not, I feel like this is a great place um, to kind of learn about, you know. What, what it takes to kind of create a content plan. There's a lot of people who just kind of just post on a whim. They don't do any of this stuff. And it's just like ad hoc, how am I going to just going to post? I'm going to boost this one. This is not working or whatever. But having a plan, especially when it comes to um, having a team, uh, you're managing with bigger budgets and things like that, you need to have certain processes in place and something like something so simple as a Google Doc sheet is so important. Um, I've just seen it in the past where people don't even have this stuff. Um, I remember when I first started, I didn't have, uh, I first started this campaign management and I, I needed a Google Docs. I had to create one. Um, and then I started having different people working on campaigns with me. So I had to have a Google Doc sheet. Um, uh, and, and I remember the business at the time was like, you have to be careful with that. You could get hacked, you know, other people gaining access to your thing. But lo and behold, like, everyone does it now <laughs> you know what i mean like you need it as long as you everyone's got the same url uh well yeah urls and they're in, within the business or same domain you're probably pretty good um so yeah it's really important to have good processes when it comes to content like it's not easy and again i i know i need to do use something like that for myself uh you know when it comes to like personal branding and things like that you're probably going to need a content strategy as well and a content plan so you know when you can post um how you're going to post you know break it down long form content break it down and you got posts for the next couple of weeks or days or whatever so yeah it's really important so yeah man thanks for that jam i think it was really really good um mm -hmm. you could gave some good insight and insight into what it takes uh to create a content plan so hopefully a lot of people had a lot of takeaways from that and um yeah man uh yeah it's good it's it sounds like a lot of depth and we have we have like dived into it quite a bit but honestly just spending maybe an hour two hours a week trying to finalize what a content plan might look like will, will save you time in the long run because i've been there as well where you're you're doing posts day by day very ad hoc and sometimes you might not have the right asset or you might not be happy you might not have time to write a caption or whatever it might be but just spending time at the start of the week or the end of the week to kind of like what your week looks like what your month might look like if you've got time just makes things a lot easier and you can focus on other projects if 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 you have the time so yeah yeah nice yeah. no, good man it's good and out of curiosity does does treat uh treats by t does does she use uh something similar to this nah she doesn't she does yeah she does she is quite reactive very ad hoc okay, we okay. about how like a content plan would be beneficial and or help her tailor her content and wouldn't she wouldn't feel like she's on social media constantly because she's got you didn't mention scheduling tools but you can use scheduling tools to kind of post things for you so once you've got your content done and and you feel like you're in a good place to post it just adding the assets links um and captions into a scheduling tool and it will just automatically automatically post it for you so again another benefit of that yeah, you, you still have to be weary of that as well. Like, <laughs> obviously, you did touch on uh, Creator Studio. So Creator Studio is uh, Facebook's kind of scheduling tool, uh, which was amazing. So I think that took a lot of users away from apps like Later and things like that. Um, ever since that came out, it was amazing for me. 
I schedule like four to five different accounts, uh, the content on there, and I just use that to um, schedule, and it's so easy. Um, so highly, highly recommend it. But what else you might have to check is you might have a post ready for in Facebook and Instagram, but it only posted on one, and you know sometimes you just got to double check and be wary of the of the scheduling, um, the scheduling tool itself. Sometimes it doesn't always work. You got there's human error that's involved as well, and you just got to um, yeah kind of double check that as well um i'm not sure have you like when you use scheduling apps have you ever felt like uh had this in the past where whenever we use the scheduling app the engagement doesn't like i've used like something like later and the engagements are terrible whenever we use the scheduling app but when we post it from our phone like you know same content and it's like yeah instantly getting likes getting you know uh, comments and stuff in the past like when i was agency side yeah but i guess i haven't I haven't worked like that for a good few years now so i don't know how what the effect would be now but um yeah in the past i definitely saw that yeah. using external platforms like later yeah. and hootsuite it's often kind of like hindered your your reach yeah i don't know what that is i don't know if that's got anything to do with facebook's algorithm or anything like that but Obviously, when Facebook come out with their own platform, it makes sense for it. They want you to use that. So if you are using any third parties, it, it might be like delays or whatever. So um, I, haven't, I can't say I've noticed it recently, but definitely when uh, like maybe 18 months ago, I saw it a lot, Like especially when I was like winning clients and um, we're using a scheduling app to kind of keep the consistency of what they've been posting just to maintain it. And suddenly engagement drops off a cliff but yeah but yeah man we have so we'll have some more um more topics and and, and the questions and, and we'll touch on more things for social media next week for sure um but yeah i'm happy to wrap it up there um don't forget to like subscribe um in you know follow us uh, especially if you're listening to this via any of the social media platforms or any of the audio platforms um but yeah this is definitely one for youtube so if you have been listening to this on spotify head over to youtube so you can get uh, the visuals for this um and we've been working on that you know we've been trying to level up level up level up so i appreciate everyone that's been on this journey and um yeah man that's us we out so wrap <laughs>